For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. We are back with the top 25, under 25. We're talking to near misses. It's Patrick Bexel, it's Anton Rosgård, and we're looking to, if, if you look at this list now, uh, and, and you always have the list in front of you as well, Anton, um, yeah. it seems like there are this section where people have fallen out of favor and some players that might be on the trending on the way up. Oh, for sure. Um, there are two plateaus in, in, in this section as well. And yeah. I'm not looking at points or, or, or average ranking or anything, but it looks to me that way. There are some that are on the rise and some that are on, on the way down. And then unfortunately, Jan Mishak is one of those players that is on the way down. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be so... I, w- I wouldn't be fast to write him off completely, considering he's only 21 and just mm-hmm. turned 21. Um, he still, I mean, he played his first full season with Laval. Um, it didn't go as planned, but there is still there's still potential to Jan Mishak's game. It just didn't really, it didn't really work for him last year. Um, and considering what. Many players may need a full season to get accustomed to, uh, well, I, I would say uh, get accustomed to playing pro hockey. But then again, he's played pro hockey in, in the Czech Republic, well, Czechia, for uh, for several years before coming over. So, um, yeah, it, it may be that Jan Mishak's top end, well, well his um, potential isn't as high as, as it was considered before draft. And... Uh, he will just have to be a role player, middle six, if it becomes middle six in the AHL or if he cranks it up and becomes a, a really good player for the AHL, then maybe he can contribute something at the NHL level still. But yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think his creativity is is not really there. Obviously, he's a leader. Yeah. We, we know that the old... Um, Management uh, looked into character players, leaders, etc., etc. Mm. Jan Mishak is that. Yeah, um, he's, he's a smart he's, player. But... He's he's a, his work ethic. He's yeah. smart. Well, he's smart on the defensive end. Yeah, of, of of the game, but he's not as astute. No, in 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 the offensive kind of game. And the problem is the prospect pool is getting deeper. You're gonna get those that combines these two elements in their game and and it probably means that that Jan Mishak is falling a little bit out of favor uh, there's always been that discussion is he a center is he a winger i've always said that i think he's going to end up on the wing uh, he can't really manage a a power play um he he does contribute a lot on the defensive end where he does work on the box play he works hard he reads the game well from that point of view um Lovely guy. I hope 
he proves everyone wrong. But uh, he's yeah, one of those guys that I kept moving down on my yeah, rankings. me too. No, it's also like I ended up with him in thirty seventh just because. I mean, you had him at 25th, so you still yeah. were, were, you know, you still were the high vote on him. But, you know, I I just, I had a hard time seeing how he would get sufficient minutes to 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 continue to develop um, since, you know, with the, with the new players coming into Laval, like Joshua Roy and Riley Kidney and Emil Heinemann playing his full, a full season there, is just not a lot of spots for... If you no, want it's, it's, to... it's on the fourth line, and, and how much are you going to get there? Exactly. So then you have to become a Michael Pazetta kind of player and, and be ready for that gritty fourth line type of role. And I don't know if Jan Mishak's, even if he's a hard worker and everything, I don't know if he's his game is well adapted enough to function only in such a, uh, in such a function. Well, Limited basically. role. Yeah, limited role. Yeah. Um, I, I think, as I said, I think he's a middle six player somewhere, but I don't know if he can actually get there in in Laval this year. I think he's a middle six player in Europe, and probably yeah. not in in SHL. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, um, but but he will have a hockey career. Oh, um, for sure, he already has one. Yeah, um, and and he has a good reputation from being both in the. Both in the OHL with with Hamilton and uh, and, and leading the Czech team to to in the World Juniors. Exactly. Uh, I asked uh, some of my Czech sources in in regards to would he have been able to be picked for the World World Championships as well, um, but they were like he didn't have an extraordinary uh, club season, uh, and and as they pointed out, we had enough role players in the Czech team already. So what would you do with another one? He doesn't have that. Which points to the fact that even in Czechia, they don't see him as that player with a high-end talent. No, exactly. And and that is the problem. Uh, you don't really see what Mishak adds that is uh, tantalizing in his game. And if he can't uh, then be a facilitator for the other players on, on, a, on a producing line, like uh, Josh Anderson, for example, you know, that power forward type of role. I mean, he doesn't have the the size or the sheer physicality for it. Yeah. So so it's just difficult to, as you say, like he seems like a role player, someone who plays complementary minutes. And yeah, um, what Laval and, and in the future Montreal needs are, are more... High yeah, we, ha- we have a lot of role players already. Yeah. We, we need those high-end kind of players who can change a game. Indeed. And, and speaking about high-end players that can change a game, yeah, Matthias Norlinder, a fall from grace a little bit. Still, I think last year was a step in the right direction again for Matthias. Uh, he he got used to the North American game. He maybe didn't get those chances uh, to to play like lead the power play, uh, play the the in in the offensive zone to to the same degree. But he was asked to do a more defensive role, and I think he did it in a very good way. On the other hand, I don't think, you know, I don't think he translates well to, to the North American game as much as I thought he did a couple of years ago. No, I think the problem is that there's less space, obviously. And since he has so much And the confidence his... issues that he struggled a bit with, it seems, at least from afar. Yeah, I mean, when I I, I was in Laval to speak with him and Emil Heinemann in, in April, and 
um, what he spoke about was that he was just happy to get consistent minutes and and being not injured. Um, so being healthy and getting minutes and feeling feeling that he developed it, he was feeling that he developed his defensive game. But then he also agreed that he has more offense to give and and he hoped to be able to deliver this in in this upcoming season. So. As I spoke to on the previous podcast, it can be very fun if he finds that element of his game, the transition game, where he can take the uh, puck from the defense and just, well, skate, skate it in, in the offensive zone and using his um, active, well, his his great stick technique. Um, it can be fun to watch him and and some of the other uh, offensively gifted players like um, Nicolas Boudin and Miguel Tourigny and on obviously Logan Mayu uh, playing together in Laval. But yeah, I had, where did I ha- end up putting, um, I had him at 36th, so just ahead of Jan Mishak, and that's basically due to um, increased competition from other players, and the fact that he's now 23, so he's one of the older players on the list. Um, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I want Matthias Norlinde to succeed, It would nothing would make me happier, but at this point it's difficult to see his road to the NHL. I, I think... Uh... I, there was an online discussion we were having about his his projection, and and at one point he said he, he's going to be a, a either that kind of player where he can build a def- an offensive side of a defense around, uh, yeah. or he's going to turn into an Eric Gustafsson kind of player that plays, you know, power play specialist plays on the fourth line uh, on, on the third pairing, uh, being the extra defender every now and then, yeah. uh, and and that's where I think he projects right now. Mm. Uh, it's basically what you in the NFL would call a gadget player. Yeah, yeah. And and then in in the uh, will he have a hockey career? Uh, undoubtedly. Uh, yeah, as long as he I, stays healthy, obviously. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. The the one thing that speaks to it is is uh, head injuries. He's yeah. had had quite a few concussions already, um, and and I hope he takes care of himself in in any way. Um, We've seen what what uh, head injuries can do down the line for for players. Uh, Matthias, great kid, uh, and and uh, if we you know we have to remember as well we haven't spoken about him uh, yet, uh, but there will be three Swedish players that probably group together and and create a, a quite harmonious group in uh, Laval this year. If if unless Lias Anderson actually takes a roster spot uh, in 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 Montreal because of his contract where you can send down. Heinemann to start the season in, in Laval and bring him up later. Yeah. Uh, but but I think, you know, it's Heinemann, Anderson and, and, and Norlinder, they can be very good. I think they can be very good for each other. Yeah, it was really fun to hear uh, hear the banter between uh, Norlinder and Heinemann when I sat down with them mm-hmm. because uh, Heinemann had already, he had only been there for about a month at that time. And uh, uh, Norlinder was saying that he previously hung out a, a lot with Jan Mishak and Mishak was now getting annoyed because of Heinemann coming in and Norlinder and Heinemann speaking Swedish all the time now. So he felt left out. But oh, then obviously he got Jakob Dobesh so he could speak <laughs> Czech uh, to him. So we have two uh, two duos of European prospects that can help each other out. And as you said, Elias Anderson comes in now. He's only 24, but he can be he can be a, a kind of a dad for all of them <laughs> as he's been through a lot in his young career. Yeah. So he can be a, a veteran presence on a very young team. And I think that's that's valuable for all four of those guys. Well Jakob Dobish is obviously a goalie, but 
just having someone there who has lived through it and been both in Europe and in North America and seen how everything can go down. Um, I think Leas will be a great addition just in that case. And I, I think Norlinder needs, um, he well, needs he to needs feel comfortable. Yeah, he needs stability around yeah. him. Exactly. Uh, I was surprised that he was so, um, I, I was expecting him to be more um, reserved and and more maybe um northerner <laughs> yeah more yeah more like a, a quiet uh guy from from the north of sweden but yeah he 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 was very vocal and and he's he seemed to feel very comfortable with emil heinemann as well which is great for both of them going forward yes uh next on the list is uh, xavier simono um playing in 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 the queue yeah. Putting up yeah. a lot of points, uh, continuing play, putting up those kind of points in in uh, Laval. You have him too low, Patrick. Yeah, I probably have. Yeah. Uh, what do I have him at? 55? 35. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not that, I'm not that far off, though. I had him in uh, top, uh, top 25. I had the, him at 23rd. Yeah, the thing is, as a center, I expect, you know, he seems very defensive minded. I would want to see some higher goalie production, uh, goal production from him, not goalie well, production. That 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 comes at a later level in life, I think. But uh, but yeah, for me that's it. And then obviously um, the minus eight speaks a little bit to it. Well, he has minus eight in his uh, height column as well, since he's only yeah. five six. Yeah. So uh, that's obviously thing. obviously that that is something that. How uh, many we'll five always... A players can you have in a team? Ask Montreal in three years time. Yeah, I was gonna say Theo Fleury is the only one I can think of who was five eight and and made an impact in the NHL. Well, um, Paul Caulfield. Well, he's five seven. Yeah. So... No, no, no. He's not five five eight. He's five six. That's all right. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so Xavier Simono is five six, and so was Theo Fleury. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I I really I, I believe in X Men. Um, there are several X-Men on the Canadian team right now with Jacques and and um, uh, yeah and Mayu. But uh, no, uh, Xavier Simono. I was just surprised that he delivered as much as he did for for the Rocket. As we said, taking the step from um, the Canadian Hockey Leagues and and going up to play in the AHL can be difficult, as we saw with Jan Mishak, mm-hmm. who is obviously a much higher ranked player who was drafted in his first year and was considered by many as a first round. Pick and then we see someone like Xavier Simono, who is five six, and he he was an overager, and he just delivers thirty eight points, a lot of them assists, and uh, eighty one penalty minutes, which also speaks volumes to the kind of game he plays. He's just uh, ferocious. He just plays. Um, he's he's very intense to play against, and and he plays bigger than his size. And yeah, but so so, so did yeah. Miguel Tourigny, and and I think sometimes. You, you need to prove yourself. I get that, especially yeah. if you're a small player. But on the other hand, is it worth those kind of minutes that you put your team at the disadvantage? No, obviously, you're you like the best thing would be I if think, you were I physical think, but didn't get penalized all the time. I think in uh, some ways, you know, I don't like plus minus, but I think the one taking the minus or, or taking the, the penalty should get an automatic minus if there is a, a goal scored on that power play. Yeah, for sure. I that, highlight that a little bit. Yeah, that's a good idea because you're obviously uh, you're obviously penalizing your team. Um, yeah. But the other but... the other four on the team doesn't need to get one, but the one in the box should get one. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, lo- looking forward, um, 
and and this is where I I, need, I feel the need to 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 defend my ranking a little bit. I am tired of Caden Primo being touted as the next big Canadian goalie. Um, I ranked him very very low. I waited for this explosion of of the skills um, for a couple of years now. It feels like he's been around forever. He um, has. He yeah, dra- drafted in 2017. Yeah, and the fact is also what I was thinking when I did my ranking, and I had him at 48, 49, something like that. Yeah, 49. Um, and and uh, how much is a goalie worth on the trade market? No, if you get a fourth round pick, you're happy. Yeah, especially if that goalie hasn't established himself at yeah. the NHL level yet. Yeah. I so, mean, we got we got Samuel Montembeau on waivers, right? So, yeah. yeah, and so so and and there is obviously going to be, let let's say every team has what two goalies in each of the uh, of the teams, right? Yeah, so be well, like ninety six players in in the top three, uh, uh, or or yeah, if you if you count ECHL as well. But I mean, like one hundred twenty eight, I think. Yeah, if it's, it's thirty two in each. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's not it's 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 a limited exposure. You got a lot bigger chance so there's going to be a big much bigger um competition to get those minutes and and if you haven't i can be proven wrong we've seen it with you know ulmark this year we've seen it with montambo this year uh, we've seen it with, with a lot goalies can mature overnight somewhere in the middle of their careers and that's fantastic but my ranking for Caden primo was because he's been there forever I have not for seen, sure. except for a, a, a playoff run, I have yeah. not seen him perform at that level that I expect and taking those steps forward that I need to see. For sure. That's but, why I have but, him but, so low. But, but having Joe Verbedic at 37 and then Caden Primo at 49, yeah. I don't believe that Verbedic will have more a more impactful AHL career than Caden Primo has had. Caden Primo is a remarkable, remarkably consistent goalie at the uh, AHL level. He yeah, but, basically but at the I, same save percentage every year. I'm not saying that he's a high impact player, but I definitely think that if Montreal doesn't re-sign him in 2025 when his right when his contract is expired because he he got an extension. And then someone else will be happy to pick them up and have him as their at least one A one B goalie. Yeah, yeah. And, but, in but this is what well, we say about European players as well. When we talk about they can go back to Europe and, yeah. and have a have a great a hockey career there. Uh, so so I'm 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 not saying he's going to be a crappy goalie. I just think trade value, development, uh, everything combined. I was just tired. I put bloodline, bloodline. He's the son of Keith Primo. Yeah, don't and, forget. And that. without that bloodline, I'm not sure he would still be here. No, like I, I think that Caden Primo is, uh, he's annoying in the way that he can have extreme highs. He can be really good, as he was in the playoff run that almost saw Laval get to the Calder Cup finals. Um, he can also be completely if he starts a game on the wrong foot if he for example lets in one of his first shots it seems to get to him and it seems like he can't really get over that and then it's just downhill from there as we've seen in a lot of games when he's been up in the nhl he has trouble adjusting himself um positionally and it just means that it's it can be very annoying to watch him for a full game because it looks like he's a deer in in headlights basically um and that kind of works when you're 20 years old when you're 24 you kind of want to see more maturity obviously uh then again 
that was also kind of what we were saying about Samuel Montembeau a couple of years ago. And now we see Samuel Montembeau being 26, 27. And the last year or so, he's been a different goalie. Maybe it's just the fact that he's become more... Um, uh, well, that he, he has more self-confidence, that he is, has actually had a chance to play consistent minutes at the NHL level. I don't know. Obviously, it's difficult for Caden Primo as well to you know, be bound, bounced back, well, back and forth between the AHL and the NHL due to injuries. So it's difficult to one day play in the AHL and then the next day coming up and playing a completely different kind of pace in the NHL. Uh, maybe he would be much better if he got the chance to play in a, in a backup role and get 25 games in the NHL for a season. But then again, do you dare I'm, I'm to just, take I, that shot? Do I'm, you I'm see just, enough? I'm just saying, you know, if this guy was named... Um, Anderson and yeah. being Swedish, yeah, he wouldn't be ranked as high. I think he would. For I uh, like, I I think he would due to because, his because collegiate then, career. Then if he was Danish, then that yeah, no, because the then he, then he would have gone let go. You wouldn't have no, resigned no, no. him. No, I, I believe they would have resigned him because you still need someone who has uh, imp like impressed at the AHL level, and Caden Primo has done that. Uh, you can't expect Jake, Jakob Dobish, for example, to come in and, and just start as a No, but as we're a ranking upside as well. And, and you know, he has, he has a long, Dobish has a longer stretch to prove his for upside, sure. whereas, whereas Primo doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, you need someone who is re reliable. Yeah, right now I can see that. But yes, I'm, I'm exactly. just saying, like, But you said that value. they wouldn't have resigned him, and I yeah, think well. they would. If it, yeah. even if his name was Anderson, I don't yeah. think that has anything to do with his name. I think that that has to do with his excellent collegiate career, his playoff run, and the fact that he's been a 908, 908, 909 save percentage guy in each of the four last um, HL seasons. Yeah, I've just explained how I thought, and, yeah. and I think I'm, I'm standing by that even now. Uh, there are others that I might be unhappy with in my rankings. But I actually stick by my my primo ranking. I, I think um, I, I've told you guys how I feel about it. Uh, I will obviously put it in the comments as well, uh, so you can flame me there if you want to. Um, but but yeah, I'm, I just don't see it. Uh, it's the same with uh, some of our guests that we're going to have on later has been very vocal about the deficiencies in Primo's game, and maybe that carried through as well. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Looking forward, though, on the next name on the list is obviously a very interesting player who go, goes back to his junior club at the pro level in one really, really good league. 
And most likely he will be uh, playing next doors to a certain David Reinbacher. Exactly. Vincenzo and I wrote that. Rohrer in, yeah. in, in uh, going back to Zurich Lions and uh, playing in, in the National Liga. Uh, very, very good league. Again, if he can grab a, a, a role with the Zurich Lions, I think that speaks volumes. It would be a new coach, Richard Granborg, has left Zürich, and I think that's very good for Rohr. Um, Granborg plays a very systematic uh, kind of play, almost uh, um, counterplay, and it hasn't succeeded with Zürich. It was time to part ways. I think he has what he has done well is to help build up the youth organization in Zürich, and um, he Granborg moves on to Tapara, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, and and going to obviously build. On, on one of Europe, Europe's best teams. It was the championship Champion League winners last year. They won the Finnish championship. Um, very, very good team. be interesting to see how he succeeds with that. But uh, I think this is a really smart move for Vincenzo Rohrer, going back to Europe, going to a really, really good professional league, to a really good club where he might be able to take a middle six role and, and develop there. And an environment he already knows since he's been brought up in the in the Zurich system. So it's not like he's just traveling to an unknown destination and has to compete uh, without knowing what he gets into. But obviously, uh, Zurich wouldn't want him back if they didn't see big potential in him. Um, still, it doesn't mean that he will get an automatic opportunity to play in the National League, the highest highest tier. They also have a team in the second tier um, and um, obviously a U20 team as well. So we'll see where he ends up. But Roger is, is a fascinating guy. He He's so young. He's born in September 2004. So he was almost eligible for this last draft uh, now in 2023. Um, and he he's also one of those guys who just... He's up in your face all game long. He's just... He's a little bit undersized at 5'10", but... You you know when he's coming, and he just plays more physical than you imagine for someone his size. And I think he will be a great role player at the um, well if they if he gets a chance in in uh, Zurich because I think he can play play those well middle six minutes or a complementary uh, piece on, on on one of the higher uh, well on a top line and just be um, someone who facilitates for for teammates who are more well line mates who are more technically gifted um he plays mature for being just 18 and and he's been a good producer for the ottawa 67s as well i i wrote that in the near misses article as well that it's great for him to have reinbacher just 10 kilometers away in Kloten because it means actually that... it's, a, it's a tram ride away <laughs> yeah exactly it's a, it's a, only a tram ride away so just the fact that they are both austria and they're you know the same the same age and Reinbacher went through what Rohr is going to go through now, just, uh, just one year ago. So the fact that he will be able to uh, have someone in the Canadians organization to ask for help if he needs it is perfect. And also it's going to be easy for the Canadians to, to track them down. Uh, yeah. You know, you take the overnight from Montreal to Zurich and, and uh, take the tram wherever you want to go. You don't even have to rent a car. Uh, so, so fantastic city, go visit especially if Ryan Bakker is placed there uh, this uh, this year, uh, which I think he will. Uh, I think the um, this weekend the news has been that it's uh, NLA, uh, National Liga or National Hockey League. 
and there is nothing in between. There is no he doesn't want to go to the AHL, and uh, I think that's a smart move for him. Uh, build up. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk more about Ryan Bucker when we come to his point in in the top twenty five under twenty five, and I'll, I'll I'll spoil it. He's not in, in in this show, so he will make entry on the list. Yeah. Um, but uh, William Trudeau, yeah. another one of those high point defenders, is going to be on the on the blue line in Laval this year. Yeah, he's a but he's de, he he has deserved um, his chance on the power play. It was basically Justin Barron left for for NHL duty, and William Trudeau was just you know he he was originally considered to be more of a defense first shutdown kind of player when um, when he came into Laval, but he's shown that he can be much more than that. He he is a consistent player in in all aspects of his game he can add some offense he is reliable defensively he is um he's someone who can play um a very impactful role i think this year with laval and he's also one of those guys who just transitioned very smoothly from playing um from playing junior hockey to playing in the ahl and once he was inserted in the lineup coach uh, head coach Hull couldn't really uh, get him out of there anymore so William Trudeau was a really um, impressive surprise for uh, for Laval, and I think he can build on that going forward as well. Um, again, yeah, great, great uh, chance, great opportunity. Um, I think, I think, yeah, the blue line is going to be stacked in Laval. I mean, the whole yes. Laval team is going to be stacked. Let's let's be honest with that as well. Uh, going to be super interesting. Uh, a guy that could probably move up uh, into the NHL with a bit of, of, of leeway and success. Um, yeah. And and uh, we're going to leave it there and go to the next guy on the list. I, I can just say about Trudeau as well that one year ago I had him 41st uh, on my ranking. Uh, he ended up, what was he, 30th? Or he was 32nd, 32nd, yeah. 32nd last year. Um, and um, I, I was obviously completely wrong on him. Um, so... So uh, no, it's just uh, impressive to see what what a guy can do when he uh, when he gets a, a chance to shine. Indeed, and and I think the more and more I think about it, the next name on the list is probably the most underrated prospect in the whole Montreal Canadiens prospect. Yes, yes, I he, think so too. He should have been on the list, but at yeah. number twenty six, we got. Oliver Kapanen and I have I'm part of this problem I think um, because I haven't been very high on him. Uh, I've compared him a lot to Lucas Vedemo. Um, this is what I hear from some of the Swedish scouts as well when I'm in, in, in the arena talking to them. Uh, but also, uh, I, I I I need to say this like he if he was born six weeks later, he would have been eligible for this year's draft, right? Oh, probably 2022, right? Yeah, because he was drafted yeah. in two, two years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 2022 draft. Yeah. And and he's and and then we had a guest on uh, this this uh, for uh, this spring, uh, and uh, Timo told us a little bit more, a little bit more of an analysis, an in-depth analysis of Kapanen, and I really took that to heart. I have him at 20. Uh, I think he should. I, I probably should have ranked him even higher. Uh, Bloodline. Bloodline, we go back to that. And uh, I, I joked with some of my Finnish friends on Twitter yesterday and, and asked, um, are Kapanens allowed to pick up any other sport than hockey or do they have to change name first? You have to start wondering because 
his kid brother is coming up in Kalpa as well now. Um, mm. But but Oliver Kalpanen finished the season, as, as Timo told us, um, he finished the season as a first-line centre in a Liga team that went into mm. the playoffs. Um, and and as a, what, 19-year-old? Yeah. 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 Uh so so it turns 20 today the 29th yeah. of July so yeah so so that is incredible there is not many sentiment that leads their team in the playoffs and and in 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 the last couple of games into the playoffs because that they are good if they lead the team because their injuries that's another thing he earned that spot and it's not only that, as you said, like he was the captain for Finland in in the World Juniors as well. So, so where he, where, where he took the role player kind of again, yeah. Where because I think and and on the other hand, he he finished was the third in in rookie scoring in Finland because he hadn't played eighteen games this season before, yeah. Uh, and so he was eligible to still be a rookie, but I think the the you know he didn't showcase himself in in a bad Finnish team. Shall we say that uh, in in World Juniors, he led it though. He he led by example. He didn't get the offensive output that we might have hoped for. Uh, we might have undervalued his role in Kalpa, but this is a player that probably should have been higher up, and 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 definitely on the top twenty five under twenty five rankings. It also it also says something about you know the amount of prospects there actually are who have legit NHL potential now. Uh, a couple of years ago, you would have guys who were AHL future AHL top sixers would be ranked in the top fifteen, and now you have guys like Kapanen who who was a zero point five point per game player in in one of the best leagues in Europe as a twenty a as a nineteen year old league as well. Yeah, exactly. As a 19-year-old, ranked outside of the top 25. But I'm also impressed with the way he's handled this season because if you look at last season, he had, well, a combined 21 games in the U20s, combining the playoffs and the regular season. He had 16 games with Kalpa in Liga. Then he was loaned to Carpet for two games. Then he was loaned to the second-tier Mestis for IPK for eight games. It was just... And then he played the World Juniors and, and international games with Finland U20. But it was just like a lot for Kapanen to just transition into. And this year he was in the Liga team for Kalpa the entire season. Um, and it really showed what he can do um, now that he's grown and into his environment. Um, so, yeah. The one negative thing I have to say is that he scores in batches right now. Uh, I think it's a confidence issue. I think it's also yeah. maybe Kalpa not being as strong. He He... He performs relatively well, or go quite well, actually. Again, um, offensively, in in regards to smaller teams or or, or worse teams, I, I, what I want to see this year in his development is to to perform um, at a higher level in in against higher end teams. Mm-hmm. He did his national service this summer, hence why he wasn't at rookie camp, which I also, or development camp, which I also think impacted his ranking a little bit uh, for, for for a certain amount of, of rankers. And, and that's fine. We all rank differently. Um, and, and you need information to rank. You see that with my rankings in some ways. Um, but I think he will be at rookie camp. Uh, I think people will be surprised of how good he will be at rookie camp as well. And uh, maybe change their rankings at that point. Yeah. 
I also believe that just looking at the uh, it's interesting to watch the uh, 2021 graph now because you got Riley Kidney at 63 and Oliver Kapanen 64, uh, which is really good value when you consider like how those players have played post draft, especially when you consider. Well, one year before that, you also had back-to-back picks and you selected Luke Tuck and Jan Mishak, who were highly rated prospects at the time, but haven't had the same kind of development. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, just the fact that it, Riley Kidney has played really well for Akadi Barthurst uh, and like after trade as well, but Oliver Kappen has kind of been... He has not been in the limelight as much, um, and people may have forgotten about him, but there's no reason to to forget anymore. Yeah, and I think he can be a high-impact player this season in Liga. And and going back to it, um, Hardy has him at 22, um, mm. and I have him at 20. Um, was there was I the high road on this one? No, it must be someone else. 19 at uh, yeah. Dachmatic. Uh, mm. so, so, you know, I, I, I really think Looking back at this, I think I, I should have ranked him higher, uh, and and I'm still one of the highest ranking guys. Yeah. But, but I, I still think he 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 deserves more credit than he gets. Uh, season will be very interesting. Kalpa getting a new coach, uh, but something to build upon. He must be going in with a lot of confidence, um, and and having a summer. I think this would be good as well. Having a full summer in Finland, not having to so where where he's. Sport athletes in in Finland and Sweden gets a little bit of an uh, easier way into the national service. You you do it, but you also get time to train and practice and 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 work on which, which is good for the army as well, obviously, uh, and and uh, uh, do some physical stuff. So so it's all, you know. I think it would have benefited him rather than taking as as someone told me about ESC Ilonen when he went over. It took him about ten days to get back into the the. Practices with the team after he had been away for 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 to North America, so yeah, it's it's just different, uh, and and I think this is probably the guy to keep an eye on in Europe, along with with you know the, the usual suspects, but this one will be one that I will keep an extra eye on, and I think the the uh, Swedish streaming services that I use for for SHL now has acquired the rights for Liga as well, so there will be a lot of hockey here. I'm not sure my uh, fiance will like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand her. Um, but yeah, um, this is uh, Anton and Patrick. We uh, are super happy that you spent this time with us, and uh, we might agree to disagree on some of our uh, rankings. I think um, I'm happy to actually enter the full ranking now to to the real rankings, the top twenty five, uh, where we will be back with a a free player episode on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for participating at them.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.